HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is made possible thanks to the generosity of our listeners. Show your support at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking about comfort food as we explore its history, meaning, and different interpretations from around the world. Donburi is just a simple, casual dish, but it's packed with the history. Somebody might have their comfort food be something that they remember eating at their friend's house, but they would never have at their own home. Consuming foods that were eaten then can bring back some of those feelings from, from those times. It's about creating these little breaks and moments during the day where you kind of feel present. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is part two of my conversation with the Gangen Brothers, diving into the details of building an African food brand in the U.S. We ended our conversation on raising funds for the business and pick up from there in this final half of the conversation. If you missed the first part, I highly recommend going back to listen before getting into this conversation. Here's the show. One thing away from this conversation, do the math first. <laughs> you know I mean. Yeah, I mean, with all seriousness though, if you do the math, then you won't get surprised when you get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, of course I knew it. Um, mm. what, what it would allow you to do is just be more realistic and, and try to figure out a, a different angle or a different way of doing things. Okay. So, so the math is extremely important. But yeah, uh, thanks for pointing that out. But we, we did have to do the math because we wanted to know what to do, how to do it, and how to do it right. And, and the way we, we, we came to that was simply... Um, um, at what, what we thought at first was the most realistic way of doing it, meaning uh, uh, using in part, uh, doing part of the production ourselves with a certain, needing certain equipment, doing the, um, another part with a co-packer because uh, then we don't have to shell out something like, I think most, if you want a full line, a high-end full line, you can spend any, anywhere between $10 million or more. Oh. Build out your <laughs> own facility with everything. All the, uh, So, you know, I'm seeing I've seen numbers up to 75 million, you know. Yeah. So you can this Depending number can vary and can go yeah. really, 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 really high, really, really fast. So we thought 
we narrowed that down to oh 1.5 million you know we would we would just need this and that we would we would get our suppliers this way we would get our battling that way we would have this many people to start with uh, in our team and that was we thought very conservative and so we, we had our business plan we called a couple of friends we were so excited we you know we, we presented it to them and then they gave us to look like we were crazy rightfully so <laughs> <laughs> we presented to a few other people and we quickly realized as this was going on that we would never get that money um so the when you wanted to know what went into that math right it's 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 very straightforward we thought we need a facility to make it in we mm. need some equipment to do one part of the process like my brother alluded to and then second part to the uh good use of co-packer we needed a truck to distribute all that and like you know do some marketing locally we needed sales and marketing people to build the brand when once we go live so really we just simulated what the company would look like if you launch like if we need an account yeah. all of them. the and ideal the ideal scenario to launch it you know what i mean and we yeah. added we put a price tag and all of that how much does an account cost how much space do we need what's the running what's the rent for a space like that in the south bronx where they are a bunch of factories or whatever right. you want to like on and on and on and then and, and not to ignore the store counts that we want to start with so do we want to start with 100 locations do we want to go push and try to grow into uh, a thousand locations so all that goes into that and yeah. then how much do you take what's the starting capital for that and then so, enough run, and enough runway for say six months to a year. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna ask you. So it's it's not just the capex at the beginning, but you're also looking at operating expenses for X exactly. number of months post launch. Okay, got it. Wow, that that's that that for me would be scary. Like that's that would be scary. <laughs> that would be daunting just to see that number. But you're right. It's, um, it's, I think it would be helpful to see the number and then like sort of maybe shock you into reality as you think about the yeah. different options you have. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And it was then that it, you know, we almost gave up at that point because it's like, okay, there's no way we can get one, one and a half million. We're talking to people and they're looking at us like, you know, giving us that look. Um, and so that's, that's when it dawned upon us, hey, if our mother can make this in their kitchen, you know, and give it to us or sell it on the side of the, the yeah. street. There's got to be a much cheaper way of doing this. And um, it wasn't easy to find that formula or to figure out a way to do it and scale it at that smaller level. It was extremely difficult, but uh, we, we, hope, we figured because people were just saying, okay, this is a really good idea. Like, uh, you know, anyone who knows Africa or who's had the product, uh, they, the, the first few people that we presented were people that had a little bit of money that we knew about in the community through introductions and such. So they got, they understood it, but they just didn't believe in it. They, they thought it was too ambitious. It was just too big of a thing to do. So, and they wanted to see the, what the product was. So we went on and we, we said, okay, let's go ahead and create a product um, and show them the product, you know? And, and, and we did that. And eventually then they went, okay, you have the product, you have two or three stores, but can you really get into stores? Can you get into more stores? We went and got into 30 to 40 stores by ourselves while holding a full-time job. It was our week, uh, bi-weekly checks that was funding this, by the way, as okay. we were going. Okay, so then initially, um, it's it's your salaries, right? So yeah. that's the initial. Initially, it's our salary. And then we ran into uh, eventually one person that actually believed in us a little bit. Um, and uh, he, he gave us, um, he, he made a, a small investment that allowed us to say, okay, now we can go and try to see if we can get a distributor really quickly. And at the same time, we engaged 
Whole Food immediately. But this was a very modest <laughs> investment. It was $25,000. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, that, was um, our, that was our first outside that, Yeah, that's... I mean, again, a relative, right? So for, for our community, someone hears that, they're like, whoa, but I guess relatively speaking, in terms of the bigger market that you're competing in, you're right, that's probably not yeah. um, significant. That's, the, that, that's what I call a dangerous amount of money. You know what we, what, <laughs> you know what we call that? <laughs> no. Just enough rope to hang yourself. <laughs> enough to get you dipped into the thing and then you're out of money. Oh, before boy. You, um, yeah. So uh, essentially, uh, that money ran out fast. But thankfully, we were able to secure Whole Food by name. We were able to get a distributor as well. And uh, we had uh, been applying nonstop. So if you cannot get funding the traditional route, you got to find out a creative way. So mm. every competition that we heard of, whether it's a, a thousand dollar prize or 10,000 or a hundred thousand, we would enter the competition. Okay. And we thought the hope was to at least be finalists. Even if you don't win, just the presence of, just our presence at the event or the people will get to hear and see the brand. We, we were applying to things we knew for sure we don't qualify for, right? <laughs> like, it's like some competition on, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, <laughs> software, right? We'll apply to it. I'm not joking when I say this, I, 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 you know? And now our whole thinking was, one person is gonna review these applications. That person will know our brand exists from now. Yeah. You know, that was literally, we have time, we don't have money. So anything <laughs> that we, you know, we, that's how we used our time more or less. So game changer. So there's a lot of, as you can see, as, as much as we we're good at planning, there was a lot of willpower and and yeah. uh, devotion to suffering. Allowing <laughs> ourselves to suffer because um, as we were running out of money, we were lucky enough. We won two prizes within the same month, which was the we, we won uh, the, the the FedEx National Grand Prize Contest, which was a twenty five thousand dollars award, and we won an American Entrepreneurship Award, which was also twenty five thousand. Oh, nice. That just changed. It was the first time we had enough money to be able to actually do something, to 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 do a little bit of test marketing here and there, to, to allow ourselves to get into more accounts and 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 amongst other things. So for us, that was the game changer. So as you, if you're paying attention, we still have not gotten money. For this, part. <laughs> um, this was about a year and a half in. Into and, oh wow okay yeah, so yeah. so so at this point a year and a half in you've you've um essentially bootstrapped right with uh, salaries and then now grants at this point exactly and at that point the two of us were working full time and doing the job of about a dozen people so no sleep crazy yeah crazy but this is what it takes for us to be able to do things like this to grow things like this and our belief is as long as you're willing to go on and you keep going and you do so things that are just excellent somebody out there will will eventually see you and appreciate yeah. what you do and accept the greatness of what you're doing and and and, and come along so um we're still looking for those people by the way <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there they're still looking <laughs> yeah so um essentially we kept trying to raise here is the thing too though if you if you get to start your business and you're actually doing okay and you're surviving and you're trying to build it don't another decision we made earlier was we were never going to undersell ourselves we would mm. never out of desperation make a stupid decision you know mm. um i don't know if my brother mentioned this before we, we got invited to uh, and a potential investor invited us to Hong Kong. No, you know? I didn't hear this. I haven't heard wow. this. Wow. 
yeah, like, you know, flight, hotel all paid for. We get there, you know, we're having dinner in Michelin star hotels, um, I mean, restaurants. Um, and we get in there, there's a lot of, it's, it, the, 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 the dinner is pretty much intimidating. It's his best. <laughs> It's his accountants from all over the world and oh, wow. all of these different people. And after all of that, we get essentially insulted and given like a, a, a quite poor uh, offer. Now, for most people at that point, especially given the situation we were in. Yeah, the Michelin stars. <laughs> yeah, they was like, oh my God, you know. And it was a really hard decision because we, were, we really, really needed that at that time. And we were in a really difficult spot. But we had to turn it down and it was a lot of money, you know, so relatively speaking, well, it was 350K, it was 350K roughly around there for a ridiculous percentage of the business. Oh yeah, I was going to say, so this was an equity. So he, they wanted um, equity in the business. Okay. So not not an outright sale. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, we were willing to, to give up quite a bit of equity, but it it was just insane. You know, what, what they, what, what they were asking for. So, um, I mean, if you end up working so hard and eventually you find yourself towards where you want to be, but then you're working for someone else again, then that's not very joyful, you know? We do want to, and, and the other thing is, you got to think about how big you want to make your business. If you mm-hmm. took that and we gave up half of it, we would never have enough of the business remaining to do the next, the following yeah. round to get the business to where it needs to be. So um, that's that. So eventually we, you know, we left, we left that and we had couple of other meetings with a few other people you know at that point we were more excited because at least we were finally getting meetings you know yeah. we turned and, it down and, by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I think that also um should send should send a signal to you right that you're on the right track even if, if even right. if the va- valuation at that point um it's not what you think it is I think as a you know as a budding entrepreneur that should that should send the fact that someone is even willing to put down some money should you know Totally, no. It, uh, it was it, it was a fantastic experience. It, it, we enjoyed it a lot, and <laughs> it's funny. It was it was an odd thing, right? Because on one side, you know, we're putting on our entrepreneurial hats and then going, "No, this is a horrible day. We're not making this deal." <laughs> but at the same time, we're going, "Man, I can believe somebody wants to give us three hundred fifty thousand dollars." You know what I mean? For any yeah. percentage of our business, you yeah. know. So you're right. It was very validating. Yeah, and, and really we got the best we could out of it. You know, whenever we meet with someone, even, uh, you know, even if we, whether they say no or we say no, it, we always took the best out of it. We, mm. we, 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 could, we got as much advice as we could out of it. You know, even if 80% of it is nonsense, that 20% is the most valuable thing. And we, we take that and we just use that for the following meeting or the following person we have to yeah. speak to. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very, very challenging to, you know, how do you value a company you've, killed yourself to build right. but yet you know you're not able to take advantage of all of the opportunities that are in front of you because you just you know you will uh, that's the other thing we 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 have had so many people reach out to a store in terms of stores to expand to grow to grow to grow we keep saying no because we know we will grow our, ourselves out of business oh, so it's very important to know your limits too and just keep yourself there till you know you're ready to get to the next step if you can find a way to make that work congratulations to you but for us mm-hmm. it's, it's very important to say thank you so much but not yet you know give us a little bit more time you know we're working towards being able to work with you and, and get get into the place we need to be um but you know just just give us a little bit more time um 
So as we kept doing this, it just got harder and harder and harder. But at the same time, we had a lot of friends reaching out to us saying, hey, I love what you guys are doing. At that time, we were becoming a bit more uh, visible. Mm. And people I will realize that, you know, we were really serious about this. It wasn't just something we started for fun and, yeah. you know. Um, and friends would call and say, hey, I have $500. I would love to invest in your company or a thousand here and there. And uh, we kept saying, no, 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 because it just wasn't enough for us to do much of anything. And then right. we would have taken their money. But as this kept growing, we said, what are we doing? Why are we saying no to these people? There's a lot of them and they want to work with us. They want to have, they want to be part of what we're doing. And literally like, there's nothing better than having your friends win if you end up winning at the end of the day so and um so we did an equity crowdfunding campaign oh yeah i remember that 182 000 essentially from 261 investors um it was amazing and uh around that time we had also decided to um uh to open up the cafe and get that going and that's how we got to where we are so no million dollar investment (laughs) no it's really just um just our, uh, you know, strong desire to build this thing yeah. no matter what it takes and, um, and, and a few luck, lucky breaks in terms of winning those grants. Um, the way I see it is either we will eventually get the, 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 big, investor. the big investment required to, to scale this and grow this quickly because we do have everything in place to get that done uh, quickly. Or, you know, it will take, it will be a slow, small, gradual build. You know, one yeah. cafe now, maybe a second one, and then eventually we'll, as we grow throughout the Northeast, we'll eventually go to other regions and territories as we grow. And it'll be a, a nice, slow build. Uh, and we will have to be extremely patient in that way. Um, but it's one or the other. We would love to get the investment, but if it doesn't come, we're not going anywhere. Like we'll, we'll find yeah. other ways. Um, so are you are you both now working on this full time? Do you have a team? Like what's, what's the current status in terms of working versus the, the brand? Oh, yeah, we're on this full time. Uh, the two of us are on it full time. We have uh, we have a designer that we have on retainer that, you know, um, creates some of the visuals that you see on social media and places like that. Um, and we have, well, we ended up having to let go of pretty much most of our employees at the cafe and we have one mm-hmm. employee there. So it's just, uh, it's really, it's not much has changed. So we've We've, we've built quite a bit since we started. Yeah. We don't have this massive team behind us that we're, um, you know, that's powering everything you're seeing. We're in the process of actually uh, raising a larger round with the idea of expanding because we have a distributor that has, that covers most of the North, uh, most of the, uh, the East Coast, really, that has over 4,000 points of sale oh, that wow. we can to. Yeah. So, like, we can literally activate that next week if we wanted, if we, if we could. Uh, but putting product in 4,000 locations and not have <laughs> a marketing team to support it is suicide, right? Yeah. Uh, we're, we, we, we're in, you know, you know, we're in Whole Foods already. But yep, we can't I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, so we're in there, but then we could grow into more other stores. But again, we don't, in order for us to do that, we need personnel that we have to hire and pay and make all that happen. So yeah. really, we're in the middle of, um, launching and well, we're in the middle of raising capital again. Um, but this one, hopefully, we're a little more optimistic this time. <laughs> are you, um, so when you say raising capital, is this, um, are you looking at VCs? Like, what's what's the what channel are you going down for this? For this one, both, um, you know, well, so we, we're looking to raise anywhere 
you know, on the low end, $2 million, on the high mm. end, more than $5 million this round. Um, and, and really the difference, the, you might have wondered why such a big range. It's really um, doing more or less of the same thing we would do, right? It's just if we raise more money, we can move quicker, we can open yeah. more quicker, we can expand our footprint on the retail quicker, we can add on, activate more of the skills uh, that we already are selling at the coffee shop. So we have four drinks all together. Ecom. So Ecom, do be more aggressive online. Um, so that's it, it's on the lower end, we'll do a little less of that, you know? Um, and we're targeting VCs, angels. Um, yeah, pretty much anyone that's Ooh. looking to put some money to work. <laughs> awesome. So I, I actually wanted to talk to you about VC funding in general, because back to, I think it was Mohammed's point earlier about um, us not being the right fit sometimes for these uh, funding models um, or capital raising models um, just by virtue of what people are looking for or the typical entrepreneur that they're looking for what they're looking to invest in just based on your um, discussions experiences with different VCs if they have been that many what what I just I guess for the people that are listening want them to get a sense of of a flavor what it's like to interact with VCs with a product like yours that's sort of steeped in African cultural context and what that means when you're talking, I'm guessing mostly to American um, VCs. All of us at HRN have been keeping busy despite working and recording from home. This fall, we're proud to announce new shows on the network that each bring important and enlightening stories to listeners around the world. While the world is in turmoil and the future of our country is uncertain, there are certain constants that help keep us going. For us, food and storytelling are essential. While we can't come together in person, food podcasts from HRN can provide a virtual table we can all gather around. Bringing exceptional stories to your ears and keeping you informed on the ever-changing political and environmental issues of our time is integral to our mission. At a time when the world around us is rapidly changing, HRN is committed to being here for our listening community, and we need you to be here for us. Join our table and help ensure the future of food radio by becoming a member of HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to make a contribution. Check out the latest additions to our lineup while you're there. You can see all of our series at heritageradionetwork.org slash new shows. Here's the thing with VCs. Um, first and foremost, they want to invest in things that make money, <laughs> right? So... <laughs> so the first thing they look for is that they're looking for companies that are already making money, pretty much de-risk altogether. And, you know, it's, they just put in their money and harvest at the end. Now, of course, you, you see the reaction, obvious reaction to that is, well, duh, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> short of that, it's okay. You want to have enough signals for them to believe that you're going to make them a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so if it's if if it's a, a venture capitalist that invest in later stage companies, that's a lot easier. You they have a lot more metrics to go off of, and so on. If it's people that invest in early stage companies, 
Uh, if you're at the idea stage or you just literally just have a proof of concept and, 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 a, and a nice PowerPoint. Right now, they have to look to other indicators or whatever it is that in their mind convinces them that you, you fit the profile of something, someone that can make this happen. So these indicators, the most obvious ones tend to be your pedigree, where you went to school, mm -hmm. right? You went to, if you went to an Ivy League, that gets you through the door in some ways uh, and so on. Now, the, the, the other thing that comes into play there is, is um, the other thing that comes into play there is, uh, is race, uh, unfortunately, because that does factor in, right? They, they look for VCs that fit a pattern of something they know. So if you're a venture capitalist, all, you've, all the only people you've seen succeed in whatever space are young white kids that went to a certain school. That's what you're going to look for. Yeah. Because if you invest in those guys and it doesn't pan out, no one's going to give you a hard time. You're investing someone that does not fit the mold and it doesn't pan out. You have a lot more explaining to do. Right. This is just me giving them the benefit of doubt at some point. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, beyond that, you you know, you have those that really just don't believe that would not invest in, in young black kids because you know it's a society they grew up in and they have no indicator that people like us can do things like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and really that's that that's that's the way I look at it. And so for us, we have the added challenge of okay, we're young. We were young black immigrants. Uh, the only two <laughs> things that would have made it maybe more challenging if you were a black woman or if you were, you know, black, you know, a female and handicapped at the same time. <laughs> you're an immigrant, you know, you're black, you're a first time founder, all yeah. these come into play. So they keep moving the goalpost, right? Some people will say, oh, come see us when you have a distributor, right? You come back to them when you have, you go, you come back, you have a distributor. Oh, come see me when you, uh, when you have, you know, uh, who, who carries you? Like they want to know a big name anchor. Yeah. Oh, you know, we have Whole Foods. Okay, how many stores? You tell them. Okay, <laughs> come back to us when you double right, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the goalpost keeps moving. So you you have that. And yeah, that's... that's yeah, and, and, and if I may add, even if you don't look at it on a racial... Uh, these are biases that are built in that they don't even realize yeah. they are, even if they're not... Exactly. So one of the ways they get a lot of us out of the ability to be uh, uh, invested in or even apply is most VCs will ask for a minimum of a million dollar revenue. Yep. Oh, or on the run, so, run rate of a million dollars. Of a million dollars. How many people in our community do you know <laughs> yeah. who start a business with even more than you know, 50000 or $100,000? Not many, but most of us save, we manage to save five to 10,000, we get something started, you know, we do yeah. maybe a revenue of 50,000 or 60,000, which is amazing, you know, I feel like, uh, or even we may get close to 100,000 after a year or two. And that to us, that's incredible. It's like, wow, like I built this from scratch, from nothing. And, but to them, it's like, uh, well, we we only look at business, you know, we only accept businesses on a run rate of a million dollars or more. So. By that virtue, you need to build your company up for like 10 years yeah. to get to that, to that point, to be able to even apply to them. And that's the challenge. If you're in tech, maybe you're lucky enough, you have a few <laughs> co-founders that, that yeah. fit the right profile and everything else. Maybe they'll take a chance on you. But like just mainly being black or a woman in general, um, um, it's, you don't necessarily get the benefit of the doubt, even if everything is perfect the way it should be, it's, 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 it, it can be a bit challenging 
sometimes. Most of the guys that these guys invest in, this is what happens, okay? Uh, not all of them, but most of them, this is what happens. They, they like, like my brother was saying, and I said earlier, they, they went to the right school. They have an idea. They go, hey, they do a friends and family round. Generally, you know, the median income of white America is much, much, much higher. Yeah. It's in 100 and I think 30 or 40,000. 117,000 average. And for, 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 for black Americans, it's around what? I, 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 it, last I checked, it was around 7,000. I think both of those numbers have gone up now. That's the median income of a family. That's, it's a oh. huge disparity. So when you're looking at friends and family, who has the most friends? So usually these guys would get funded by their mom and dad yeah. or, or their friends, or they have a home or two. They can put one on, you know, as, yeah. a, as, a, as collateral. Yeah. So getting a hundred to $500,000 just as a seed or to just to get their idea started is fairly simple. And once they have the idea like, hey, look, 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 we have this, it, look, it tastes good, it looks good. We just need 750,000 to a million dollars to, 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 to get it going. And they can get that fairly easily or get a loan from a bank fairly easily because they have all these assets and all these other things they can put put they can put up. If you have a million dollars, how hard is it for you to make another million? <laughs> yeah. And now they're in a position to go after these VCs and get the money. So, so this is the somewhat of the frustration or some of the challenges that you know um, uh, we, we 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 tend to go through. But we just look at it as just a way of learning and finding out what's uh, how how things are and how things work and eventually ultimately we will get to that and then we will be able to again give them a yeah. chance to say no but but that's where we are really uh, that's yeah. that's that's the challenge but you know you you know being a little more optimistic <laughs> if you are just thinking of starting the business in the early stages your best bet is you know don't waste your time too much on bigger vcs who only fund round you know uh, series yeah. a and series b you know, go to the pre-seed or seed funds. You know, there's a lot of angel groups out there that are doing that. If you're a woman, there's actually a much bigger push now to fund um, uh, women. Uh, and you will likely be able to get, you know, like a 10 to 25,000 thousand investment if they really, really Everything like yeah. what you do and they believe in what you do. But again, that's only going to be enough to get you started <laughs> and get you going. Enough, enough rope, right? <laughs> yes. if, you're, if you're at the idea stage, honestly, I would say don't waste any time going after anybody unless you're proven unless you're proven unless you're a proven entrepreneur, right? You can point to something you've done that a total to a total stranger and they'll be like, oh, okay, right? Like mm -hmm. some sort like that to give you validation. Maybe go after friends you may know, family you don't know. Uh, going, I will not say don't go to investors. Maybe you're much better, you know, at raising money than we are, right? But my, if I have to do this over again, knowing what I know today, uh, some of the time we spent um, chasing after capital early on, because after the first year, we're like, all right, you know what, we, you know, every indicator that we've had is get a proof of concept, get into like, get some retailers, show that your product moves and go out there and get a, get a friends and family, like a pre-seed round. So we, we, we relaxed, we shifted our focus to that and we ended up, that ended up leading to nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think if you, especially if you don't have a product, don't even incorporate a company. Focus on getting <laughs> your product. I'm serious. Yeah. Focus on getting your product right. Getting something people like. People are gonna, you know, buy or you know, the, or, or like not just your friends tasting it and loving it. <laughs> something yeah. that someone will literally give you money for. Yeah. You know, and then start worrying about everything else. And after that, 
get the branding right, try to get some retailers, get people paying you before you go to anyone trying to find money. Because otherwise, I, I, this is my personal belief. I think you'll waste a lot of energy uh, and not get as far. No, I, I, I think you should definitely apply uh, regardless uh, in terms of precedence and, and see around um, uh, angel groups and VCs simply because it will give you an opportunity to practice your pitch, you know, and answer competitions. Competitions are probably the best way, the easiest way uh, to, to get something. Uh, it's still very challenging, but it's, it's one of the ways. But I, I think if anything, you may, you may get something, if, but if nothing, you know, be positive, you know, ask for questions, ask them why they're not picking you. And that may open up doors or they may even give you a tip that actually may change uh, how you do business completely. You know, sometimes it's, it's not something really you can use or you can do. So you keep, you keep it moving, but uh, you know, we've gotten some, we understood the psychology and gotten some really good feedback here and there um, uh, with them. And some of them still reach back out to us because they actually, they're actually paying attention. They just don't want to take a risk. They want to wait till we are making money um, and their money, their money is pretty much guaranteed. And at that point we'll have the advantage, Yeah. but um, do that. And also warm intros are amazing. You know, sometimes it's your customers. They'll know someone, they love what you do, what you do so much that, they may introduce you to a person and that warm intro may lead to something um, uh, better than, um, uh, the, you would have a higher odds than let's, let's say meeting a, a random investor. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Well, good advice. Um, I'm just watching the time. I know we're over time. Um, just how much time do you have left? So, so we can start wrapping up. I know we've uh, gone over. <laughs> Uh, 10 minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so just, I guess this is all really helpful. And as you were talking about, you know, the different conversations you're having with VCs and tips and whatnot, I remember um, an, a video, an anecdote I saw one of you share, I think it may have been Raheem actually, about um, someone who told you guys to tone down the Africa <laughs> in, mm -hmm. your, in your pitches. Yeah. And it, it just, like, I remember hearing that and just being so... Because I feel like that is the selling point. I don't know what your take. I mean, obviously you haven't done that, but to hear that, <laughs> for me, that's your unique selling proposition, right? And so to hear yeah. somebody say that to you, especially from their background, I think they work for a major bottler or something like that. Um, yeah, it's a former, it was a former Coca-Cola um, employee, I think. Uh, exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. And he honestly, like you could tell that he meant well, mm. you know? Like he's, he, it's just, he, he, like, okay, this guy said that for a reason, right? Uh, if, if he's inter interacting with us for the first time ever, and that's the first thing that comes to mind, that goes to the point of us trying to do this to really change the way, right. uh, uh, you know, African everything is perceived. Coca-Cola sells millions upon millions of dollars <laughs> worth of products in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what I mean? This is how this guy still reacts. And honestly, we've had, you know, before we, we went live, we had Africans, you know, like you think that it's too, I mean, we have the map of Africa in the middle of our logo. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was too in your face. That's how they felt. But just the way you reacted, we feel like if we remove the African angle, the story of these products being, you know, uh, uh, like traditional to us, or that has been in our families for generations and generations. If you remove all of that, we're just another company mixing juices and yeah. selling. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. which and, and we would not have done it if that was the reason. You know, yeah, and it's not turning the Africa up or down. It's just what it is. 
is it's just who we are and yeah um yeah we we were very happy that we stayed the course uh you know uh, because we've had even friends call us and say hey you might want to remove that because you know you may not sell as well or as much but uh today no complaint people love it people come <laughs> in because of that and people support it and 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 not just africans we have a huge percentage of our clients that are not african that are people that would be in states that you would not go to our audience is over 90 over 90 percent of our audience is non-african and, and oh, that's, that's interesting you know yeah we, we of course we want africans to embrace this and those that know of us embrace it you know wholeheartedly and support us but but this is exactly this is um this is proving the point that you know our products can do well outside of our own community you know what i mean yeah. and and i think this idea of changing people's view of africa doesn't just apply to people that are non-African. It applies to Africans that's, themselves. As well, yeah. That that's a no, whole. I, I that could be a whole so. other conversation. More so, yeah. And I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. That's a whole. <laughs> it's a whole other yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just quickly, um, we talked a lot about, or you mentioned as you talked about distribution, distribution, distributors. Um, if we could quickly just tell people, how did you get your first um? distribution contract if you will the first buyer that said yes i'm gonna put this on my shelf the first major buyer so let's say whole foods what was the whole foods journey like yeah so so whole foods is is a retailer uh you wouldn't consider them a distributor um it's oh, got uh, it. yeah 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 so uh there are companies outside of the retailers that would actually go and do all of that for you but um oh okay you know it's uh part of it is really due to our past experiences we are fearless when it comes to talking to people or selling you know we've mm. gone through some really rough times we've done all sorts of jobs and uh so what we did is mainly just uh we started uh, you know sort of all narrowing down which distributor we want to go after which distributors sell our type of product because if you're selling a cold um or a frozen product and you go to someone who only does shelf stable stuff that's the wrong distributor yeah. because they, they cannot carry your product so we narrowed it down to a few. Then we, the next step of it is, is very important. We call some of the people that they carried to see how, oh, what kind of distributor they are, because there are some horrible distributors out there. Even the good ones are not so great. So <laughs> you definitely don't want to be with a distributor who's not going to pay you. Who's, uh, so that's the easy part. Now, and then the, comes the hard part, convincing the ones you selected uh, to carry you, essentially. So most distributors will not want to carry you if you have nothing. If you haven't done anything and you're not you're not anywhere, so you cannot just have a really good product, and unless you have a really good connection and a tons of marketing money, um, and just go to a distributor and say, "Hey, I want to put this product. Can you distribute me?" Uh, in our case, we had to, we, but we did talk to them early enough and say, "Hey, we just wanted to know what it takes uh, to 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 to, uh, yeah. to be distributed by you guys." And we got some good information, and we even learned how distributors work a little bit by doing that. But eventually, we went and built our own accounts, about 50 or 60. When we got to about 60 accounts, we knew it was time and we were actively building. So it was nice to be able to come and say, hey, distribute us and we have these additional 60 accounts that you can have okay. and you can carry places that you might not be um, at this moment. Um, but the way that happened was quite unique because we were trying to talk to Whole, Whole Foods. Whole Foods wanted us to have a distributor before oh, they would carry them. And we were, we were talking to the distributor and they wanted us to have a major <laughs> account before you could. So we told both we had it and, uh, and, and, and 
So one of the things was, this was genius. My brother Rahim did actually was he would write to them and then ship the products immediately oh, nice. at the same time. So by the time they read their email, like the same, the same day the product shows up. They are drinking they their ginger product, and while they are reading like, the email. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try this. And, and, uh, we were lucky that we had a very unique product and some of them, uh, you know, uh, a couple of them reached back out to us and said they wanted to, they were interested in talking. Cool. And that's how that happened, to be honest with you. Cool. And I, I think that's an interesting distinction because that's new to me. I mean, maybe, maybe those in this space know. I didn't understand the concept of distribute. I thought people usually work directly with a buyer to retailer, but there's bulk distributors, it sounds like that can get you into these accounts. Interesting. Good stuff. We, there's so much we could cover. We are running out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? What's, what's the next big thing? I mean, I think COVID has obviously had an impact on, on your business, um, probably changed what you were thinking about doing this year. But as you think about the rest of the year, 2021 and down the road, what's, what's yeah, your outlook? I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll stay the course. Um, I think uh, uh, we, sh- we, sh- we, should, we should be all right. Um, we, um, we just want to see what happens after these elections for, you know, and, and, then, <laughs> and then based on that, we will make, uh, the bigger decisions, but for now, we yeah. just, you know, we're just thankful that we're still around. We're still here. Uh, we, we, we've been doing, um, much more business online with the shift of everything happening, uh, online and, uh, uh, we're still doing okay with whole foods. Um, so, uh, we, one of the reasons why we're raising this round now is we think that this is a, actually um, uh, a, a great time uh, for us people in our position to take opportunities to take to take on these risks and challenges because people that are in great position they they're too scared right now to act or to do anything yeah. and I think there are a lot of opportunities out there right now if you look beyond this and you see okay how can I position myself or put myself in a position uh, to excel in 2021 or 2022 so uh, once we raise this money, I think uh, you may see a second or a third Jinjang Cafe. Um, you may see us a bit more on your phone. I know you with ads. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, um, uh, that's more or less it. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's and yeah, you know, we're, in the, we're, we're fortunate enough that we're in the food business. So regardless of what happens yeah. to the economy of large people still have to eat and drink. If we just have to figure out ways to make sure that we're top of mind when people are deciding how to figure out what to eat or drink, you know? Cool. So before we oh, quick- Sorry, oh, one last thing. We, yeah. we, we will uh, next month, most likely, and on, by the end of the year anyways, we'll, uh, we'll start having uh, proper actual African food at the cafe. And oh, awesome. Food. So you can come get some real jollof rice. All you Ghanaians and Nigerians. <laughs> We'll have to come and test. <laughs> we'll have to come and test to be sure it's it's proper jollof rice now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where can people find you online, social media? You know, if they want to support you, um, or even if, if they're based in New York, where can they find you in Harlem? If you want to listen to the longest interview ever made on this podcast, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, you can find us at. Uh, uh, drinkjinjan.com drinkjinjan g-i-n-j-a-n.com uh, our handle on social social is at ginjanbros g-i-n-j-a-n-b-r-o-s and um, yeah please uh, we very we actually respond to people ourselves 
most of the time. Um, so um, yeah, uh, please reach out if you have any questions. Yeah. Cool. And then, so we'll do this very quickly, more quickly than we do with most our rapid fire segments. So maybe we'll do one, one at a time so that, uh, so I don't know who wants to go first, but um, coffee or tea preference? Uh, tea right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I thought you would push your ginger latte, which I had and was phenomenal, by the way. Um, morning that, person. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're going to say? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's rapid. So we got to go. <laughs> morning person or night person? Night. Uh, this one is for the two of you. Your biggest pet peeve about your brother. <laughs> We need a new podcast for that. Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> uh, quick, first thing that comes to life. My brother's too nice. I'm serious. He <laughs> needs, needs to be a little more cold-blooded. That's my bad fear. <laughs> uh, my my bro- brother over-educates people. <laughs> <laughs> but as I try to tell him, you cannot educate people beyond their understanding. <laughs> true, true. Uh, and then this last one, um, I guess for... Both of you together, I guess you've you've won. I guess Ginger Brothers has won an award, or the mm-hmm. two of you individually for your most notable achievement. What would this award be called? Hmm. This is not one we've gotten before, so uh, it's uh, well, it's. I think I just we just want people to remember me personally. I just want people to think of me as a good guy. <laughs> you know the good that? guy I would. <laughs> that was nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the the I I think it's, there's nothing that feels better right now than friends coming and saying, "Hey, because of you guys, we had we had the courage to go and get get our own business going." And some mm-hmm. of them have done it and are doing extremely well. So I don't know, some sort of inspirational award. Inspirational award, cool. Yeah. I that's a great note to end on because I think, um, even though we've gone way over what we planned to do, I think your story is inspirational. I think I thank you so much for being open and candid about your journey, the specifics of it, because I think um, as we try to move forward in our own lanes in terms of what we want to do in this space. It's also mm-hmm. helpful to, you know, reach back, inform, support others that are also trying to make their path here so that as a community, we sort of uplifting, uplifting all of us together. As we, what do they say? Rising tides lift all boats. Right. And so really appreciate you sharing and being as candid as you were. And we'll be looking forward to supporting you as you, as you grow into a multi-billion dollar business. Yes. <laughs> Down there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank and you thank so you much. For extending us your platform, it means the world to us, you know, anyone that gives us a time of day, you know, so thank you for that. Oh, yeah. And and for your audience too, for tuning in. If if For those that are listening that may be looking to go into the food space, whether they're here or in Africa, especially in uh, the traditional African food space, I, I, you know, I encourage you. I mean, we're doing this for, for us. We uh, Clearly, we believe in this. And I think there's a, there's a lot of room for growth in it. And one company or one team cannot do it all, right? So definitely do it. It's hard. Don't let, don't let all the scary stories we've just told you uh, dissuade you. You know, definitely go for it and reach out to us if we can be helpful. Yeah, it only takes two or, uh, you know, one, two or three successes for people to, you know, draft their guard and realize that we are worth investing in, we're worth um, uh, following. And, and so, uh, you know, the more of us, the merrier. So do it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
Thank you for listening to Item 13, an African food podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. To keep up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Item 13 Podcast. Item 13 is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.